What is up, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast, where the bases are always loaded, and we will give you the advice for your fantasy teams to knock it out of the park. My name is Tyler St. Jean. As always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Brandon Duff and Nick Frazier. On today's episode, we will talk about some players that you might want to add to your fantasy uh, lineups. We'll talk about some players that we think it might be okay to drop to the waiver wire. We will take our positional deep dive into the relief pitcher position. We will talk about some prospects uh, to keep an eye on that may be up this year or in the upcoming baseball seasons. And as always, we will be finishing our podcast with our Money in the Bank predictions. Mr. Brandon Duff, how are you doing on this fine July evening? Doing well. Um, just had a great Fourth of July weekend. The weather was pretty crop, uh, pretty cooperative. So uh, good to see some fireworks on on the fourth with the fam. See a bunch of friends, cookouts. Uh, excited to be back talking about baseball. How about you, Nick? How you doing? I'm doing lovely. Just uh, same thing. Enjoyed the weekend, even though. Uh, some of it was pretty crappy. And, um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the All-Star break. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a pretty fun ride with a home run derby, seeing Otani and all these guys hit it off. And it's a great year, man. Great year in baseball. A lot of uh, a lot of stars coming out. And Do you guys enjoy shining. watching the home run derby? Uh, not all the time. I guess it depends. And usually the guys that are in the Derby, they like really go on a uh, slump like yeah. after. You Not happy I mean? Maddie Olsen's in there. Yeah, I know. He could definitely. Uh... Uh, let's let's pray he doesn't. I'm not, I don't <laughs> want to go there. I don't even want to put it into existence. What about you, Tyler? I'm a fan of the Derby. I think this year uh, has a star set of list, all eight players. Are having good seasons, uh, well-known players. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna watch it Monday night for sure. I will. I, I almost always watch the All-Star game, but I think I'll definitely tune into the Homer Derby this year just because who's in it. For sure, for sure. Brandon, uh, you want to get started off with some news and notes today? Yep, we'll uh, do a little rundown of the injuries here. Start off with the hitters. Uh, if you guys want to jump in when I hit on anybody, you can. First off, we have Eddie Rosario was added to the aisle Wednesday with an abdominal strain. He could be good to go after the All-Star break on July 16th. Yasmani Grandal underwent successful knee surgery on Wednesday. He uh, tore a tendon in his left knee. That should be a four to six week stay on the aisle. Anthony Rendon was placed on the 10-day aisle Tuesday with a left hamstring strain. He should be good to go after the All-Star break. Chris Bryant was removed uh, from Wednesday's game with right hamstring tightness. He didn't return today either. He was in the lineup today. Um, I'd watch for more news tomorrow. Manuel Margot suffered a left hamstring strain, landing him on the I.O. Um, After his MRI, it's looking like a two- to three-week absence. Mm. Kyle Schwarber has been placed on the 10-day I.O. with a hamstring strain. Reports are saying it's a significant injury. So it's looking more like it'll be a two to three, uh, two to three week injury as well. The hamstring injuries are crazy this year. I guess that's uh, every year. That's every year, I guess. Yeah. Um, Ozzy Albies was removed from Wednesday's game due to neck stiffness. Uh, 
Um, it's looking like it was just a precautionary move. There's a chance he could return tomorrow after the off day today. Let me just, I was, uh, while I was watching the updates on that game and I got, uh, scared because I just like, I was trying to look back through the game log and see what may have happened. And it said he left with a neck injury. So I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Right, I was right. like, did he collide with someone? Yeah, that could be a lot worse just by reading it. it. Sounds bad. I think it, it might – I mean, I think he's played like – I don't even know the last time he sat. So with the day off tomorrow, maybe they just kind of gave yeah, him right. that. Right. The day, the day off was today, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying he could be back tomorrow. So I would just keep an eye on that. Um. Javier Baez was removed from Wednesday's contest with a sprained right thumb. Uh, after not being in the lineup today, uh, you have to watch what the Cubs say because um, that could be a pretty bad injury, uh, sprained right thumb. Brandon Nimmo was held out of today's game with left shoulder soreness. He is expected to be available off the bench today, so um, the injury is not considered serious. On, on to the pitchers here. we got a couple pitchers. Zach Plesak returned today against the Royals. From a thumb fracture, it's looking like he's through, I think, like three or four innings. Uh, he actually just gave up two runs in the fourth, so three overall. Not great on his return. Um, Clayton Kershaw landed on the IL Tuesday with a left forearm inflammation. He will undergo an MRI tomorrow, and hopefully there will be a, a clearer timetable for his return. And a little before we hopped on, I saw Joe Ross was added to the IL today with elbow inflammation. He will definitely be out through the all-star break, and it's possible that he could be out longer than that. Oh, that's a tough one because he's been pitching really well. He has been pitching really well. Yeah. Yeah, there was like four or five good starts in a row from him. Mm-hmm. He was uh yeah, he was starting to come out. He was he was doing his thing there. So that's a tough one to see. Yeah, that wraps up the uh injury. Oh, and we also had a um a debut yesterday in the doubleheader for the Rays. Uh, by Del Bruhan. I believe he went one for five or one for six. Yeah. He and then already, he was. He already got sent back down, though, right? right? They only called him up for the double right, header. Right. Yeah. I figured we just hit on it. That was a big prospect that got called up. So. Oh, we'll, we'll see him again, I think, by the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Nick, want to get into our next segment? Who do we have this week that you feel would be a good addition to a well team? Uh, I think I, th- I think we're all going to be uh, somewhat on the same page here today because I, it's just a feeling. Let's just say that. Um, the guy I'm going with this week as an ad, if nobody's caught on yet, is uh, Jace Peterson from the Milwaukee Brewers. You well-known utility man. Uh, he plays second, first, and out. Well, he's eligible for uh, second, first, and outfield. And uh, throughout the season, he hasn't played that many games. He's, uh, he's only got 38 games under his belt. He's been 268 with uh, 21 runs, four homers, 19 RBIs, four stolen bases. But over the past, I'd say, two to three weeks, especially with Colton Wong going down, he has been on fire. In our points league over the last 15 days, he's uh, pretty much performing similar to, fantasy-wise, similar to uh, what um, 
Oh my God. Why can I never Tatis Tatis has been playing. He's only got a f- like 15 days, few points behind him. And uh, he's gone 16 for 37, two homers, five doubles, eight walks, 12 ribbies, two stolen bases in the past 13 games. And I'm going to tell you, if you caught it a little early, hopefully he keeps it up. He hit a homer off to the Grom the other night in the fifth inning uh, during the first game of that doubleheader. And uh, he's kind of just doing a little bit of everything. He walks a decent amount. I mean, it, it, he doesn't have that much of a track record right now uh, this season. So I guess it's a small sample size. He's got he's got quite a bit under his belt so far, but he seems to be on a bit of a hot streak. And uh, I got to tell you, the points in points leagues, anyway. And I mean, it, the stats I just threw off. He's he's got extra base hits. He's got eight walks. He's not striking out a ton. He's got those rubies and he even added two stolen bases. Do you guys know anything about Jace Peterson? I know he's been around a little bit, but how do you guys feel about that? Brandon? Um, I know he's been on fire the last few weeks. Um, yeah, I'd pick him up and ride it, but I personally I don't see anything to show that he'll he'll keep it going long term. Um I imagine that he's going to be the Jace Peterson that he's always been at some point, but he plays a bunch of different positions. And um, with all the injuries going around right now, I would definitely give Peterson a shot and and see how long he can uh, take this hot streak. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with you, Brandon. Um, I do like the the multi-eligibility. He's got outfield, second base, first base. That's three different positions. Um, But he is 31 years old. I believe he used to play with the Braves. He's, He's a utility guy, kind of doesn't get that everyday playing time. But right now, like you mentioned, Colton Wong going down. Um, the Brewers, Brewers offense hasn't scored a lot of runs lately. Um, so, you know, if if you're desperate right now uh, for a guy that you want to throw in maybe as your fifth outfielder or a backup second baseman or first baseman, uh, he wouldn't be a bad get. But I don't think long term he's going to really solve um, – a problem that you might have on your team looking into August and September, but short term uh, for the next couple of weeks uh, through the all-star break. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe take a flower on him because Nick, you are right. He has been swinging a, a hot stick right now. All right. Brandon, what do you have uh, for an ad this week? I also have another uh, Milwaukee brewer, Luis Urias um, plays multiple positions as well. Third base, second base, shortstop. He's owned in uh, about 35% of leagues. Um, he's another guy who's been absolutely on fire. He ended the month of June with an 11-game hitting streak. Um, he's taken that into July. He hasn't taken the hitting streak into, into July, but he's been on fire through July. He has um, seven home runs since the beginning of June, 14 extra base hits overall. While he doesn't – he's not like uh, – you know, you look at his baseball savant page, you're not going to see like crazy exit velocities and all that stuff. But um, he does walk quite a bit. He barrels the ball up quite a bit. Um, I just feel like he's really coming into his own right now. He's got the highest barrel percentage of his career. And really, he's just getting the most playing time he's ever been given. And um, I think he's producing with it. So, yeah, I'd give him a shot. What are you guys' thoughts on Urias? I uh, I mean, I like it. 
I I like the the I like pretty much a decent amount of the Brewers right now. And uh, Garius is one of those guys. I think I think I kind of was picking. I was using him early on as like a streamer earlier this year, like a streamer hitter when I was dealing with a bit of injuries. He wasn't getting the consistent playing time though back then. But yeah, I. If I like Jace Peterson, I also like Urias. I'd probably like Urias more just because of the uh, upside. He was a top uh, – wasn't he also a top prospect? I know we've been kind of talking about former top prospects over the past I don't know how weeks. high he was ranked. I've always heard his name kind of tossed around as like a, a – you know, like a kind of like a fantasy prospect. Like he could have some fantasy potential. Yeah. I don't know if he's really considered like a top baseball prospect, but – but yeah, I mean, I I like what he's been doing. Beginning of June, he's uh, since the beginning of June. I'm sorry, he's, been, he's slashing two sixty six, three thirty eight, four ninety two. He's got seven homers, nineteen ribbies, two stolen bags. Yeah, so I mean, he's uh he's not killing you. His K percentage is sort of like middle of the road as far as uh you know the rest of the league. He's not really any significantly worse or better than, you know, majority of the league is kind of like smack dab in the middle there. So it's a, I'd say he's a good get, especially with his recent uh, sort of hot streak that's going on. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a chance on uh, Urias. Like you guys have been saying, He's uh, all over the infield here. He plays third, second, shortstop. He's eligible for all those positions on ESPN Fantasy apps. Uh, he's only 24 years old. Um, I know this is the first year he's starting to get uh, a lot more playing time, like you said, Brandon. Uh, since the month of June, Nick, you already talked about how he's been playing a lot better. He's got uh, seven home runs since then. Uh, he's hitting all over the lineup. Sometimes he's hitting in that one or two hole. Uh, we know the Brewers have been scoring a lot of runs lately, so – uh, you know, I can think of a lot worse options out there to add to your team if you're looking for a, a utility uh, middle infielder than Luis uh, Urias. And uh, just because you two both picked uh, Milwaukee Brewers, let's just go for the trifecta today because I'm also uh, going to add a Milwaukee Brewer. I mean, do you guys have beers with you tonight? I'm not even drinking a beer, but apparently I have beer in my mind because oh, Brandon's got a beer. All right. This is, this is in honor of the Brew Crew, first place uh, National League Central right now. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who was actually one of my drops in one of the first episodes that we did on Grand Slam Fantasy Sports. Uh, that's because he, at the time he was a Tampa Bay Ray. And I called uh, guys like Wonder Franco, Taylor Walls, Vidal Brujan coming up soon. But they made a trade with this guy, and they shipped him over to, to the Brew Crew. And they needed a shortstop. And I thought they, it, for the Milwaukee Brewers, it was a great trade. And the guy I'm talking about is their uh, shortstop, uh, now is Willie Adamas. Uh, he's only 25 years old. I think the change of scenery for him did him wonders. Uh, since he's been traded to the Brewers, he is batting 289 with nine home runs. Um, and just over the past two weeks, he's batting 309. Um, the guy's just been on a tear this year. Um, if you look at his baseball savant page, He's in the 78th percentile for hard hit percentage, 83% barrel rate. He's just squaring the ball up. 
hitting it hard. The only really negative thing I'm looking at with Willie Adonis, and this has been a problem for his career, is his K percentage. Uh, he does strike out a little too often, but if he's going to give you the production that he's been giving you over the month, uh, well, since the beginning of July and also in the month of June, uh, I'm willing to uh, take that strikeouts to go along with what you're getting out of him with this power uh, right now and his home runs and his RBIs. Brandon, you have anything to add on Willie Adamas? Yeah. Um, he's become a completely different hitter since he's gone over to Milwaukee. He um, has the highest barrel rate of his career. He he's hitting for power. I don't, I'd add him. Yeah. If he's out there in your leagues, I would definitely add him. I think uh, Nick probably has a little more to hit on here. Get a little more I, invested in Mr. Adamas. So I love Willie Adamas. I love him. This guy, I he's been unlocked. I even I liked him on Tampa Bay. I mean, after a while, I did kind of grow off him just because he wasn't succeeding there. And he, it's not like they tried him out as the everyday shortstop for a while, and then they went to their little you know carousel of sitting guys, starting guys, the Joey Wendells of the world, all these utility guys. And I feel like he never really did get a chance to succeed there. He was a highly touted prospect uh, back in the day. And, I mean, he's still young. He's 25 years old. And you were saying, uh, Tyler, you know, since he got to uh, Milwaukee, he's uh, batting 289 with nine homers. 44 games, you know, that's 44 games ago. That seems like only, you know, two weeks ago. And uh, I got to say, yeah, his uh, K, he still strikes out a bit. Even yesterday, he struck out five times, I think, in the double header. But he kind of saved himself with a homer and I think another hit after the fact. But until then, um, the performance I've been seeing, maybe it's just a hot streak. He hasn't been striking out that much since I've had him on my team, which has been for a couple weeks now. He's actually, I feel like he's walking more than he's striking out other than yesterday. And uh, he's, like you said, he, he's barreling up the ball. He's got the highest barrel percentage of his career. He's got a nice hard hit rate. He's got some decent red on his savant page. And I think him going to Milwaukee just, unlocked uh i'm not gonna say god mode on him but i think he's kind of i think he's about to find his potential of you know what he was kind of projected to be earlier on in his career i think he can reach those uh expectations especially this year being in milwaukee and being on a successful team he's definitely an ad for me and out of the three guys we've named he'd be my first priority I'd agree with that too. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to get into the drops because my drop is, has a little bit of a comparison to Willie Adamas. Uh, my drop is going to be an infielder from the Tampa Bay Rays, Joey Wendell. Um, I just feel kind of like when I said Willie Adamas was a drop earlier um, in the season, you know, unless Joey Wendell finds a new team that has an opening where he can get everyday playing time. I just don't know if Joey Wendell someone you're going to want to roster uh, and take up a roster spot on your team. It looks like he's found himself in a platoon with uh, guys like Taylor Walls and Wander Franco now in the infield. We know Bruhan just got sent down, but like we said, I'm expecting to see him again by the end of the year. Uh, there's just too many young, talented players right now 
in that infield uh, when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays. And Joey Wendell seems like from now on, he's not going to be hitting against left-handed pitching. So he's going to be in a platoon. And just looking at how he's been performing over the past few weeks, Joey Wendell over the last two weeks is only batting 235. He doesn't really give you any kind of power. Uh, he doesn't have any home runs over the last two weeks. I think on the season, he's only got a handful. He's got seven, which isn't too, too bad. But over the last month or so, um, that number hasn't been too high. I know we started off the year very, very hot. Um, and the numbers also, the data also shows his hard hit percentage is only the 18th percentile battle rate, 22%. So this guy is mostly just kind of like a slap hitter. Not going to be seeing him every day getting playing time. Uh, Brandon, Joey Wendell, are you dropping him if you have him? I think he's he's very high owned still in ESPN Fantasy League. Yeah, I, I, for the same exact reasons that you just stated, um, he's I imagine at some point he's going to get squeezed out of the lineup. Um, like you said, they have all the young guys coming up. Franco's already up. Walls already up. Bruhan probably in the near future is going to be up. They have Josh Lowe as well. They have outfielders. So it isn't like, you know, one of these inf- infielders can move to the outfield because their outfield's clogged up too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Unless I, he's one of those guys I could see getting moved for like a, a decent reliever or something like that. And then maybe you can scoop him back up. But I'll, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to get squeezed out of the lineup. So I would drop him at this point. Nick? I, yeah, I, I was just going to jump on it. It's not going to be too long. His Savant page is blue. Nothing uh, stands out. I mean, he doesn't strike out. He's got like a middle-of-the-road strikeout rate. But everything else is just straight blue. He's uh, he's not even – lately, he did start off hot to the season. It's over now. Uh, he's not getting the playing time to uh, fix that or – you know, change that regression uh, that happened hard. He's only hitting 177 versus less lefties. I think since uh, early June or late May, he's only, I think he might be batting sub 200 or low 200s, even though it says he has a 270 average overall in the season. I've been looking at his player card. Doesn't look like he's getting much playing time as it is. And uh, it's not going to get any better, especially if they decide, you know, Bruhan is going to be up for good to, in sooner rather than later. And they have this young core of guys to build upon. So yeah, yeah. maybe he All does right. get traded, but find, find anybody else. That's the main thing. Uh, drop him, but keep an eye on him if he does find himself in a, in a good situation where he can get everyday playing time again, keep an eye on him, watch list him once again. Uh, Nick, who do you have for your drop this week? My drop, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to outright drop him. He's 90%, he's 98% owned, but I am looking to move on from him. You can't drop him because someone will pick him up and maybe he turns it around. But uh, this guy, it's a closer, New York Yankees, Araldus Chapman. Uh, the guy has looked awful. Just absolute garbage over the last however many appearances uh he's got nine earned runs in just i know it's a short sample size we talked about this with a guy like karen but this isn't karen struggling this is a pretty bad he's got nine earned runs in just 1.1 innings blowing four of his last nine chances dating back to may 23rd save chances 
And he's, I mean, he's getting, the, obviously they send him out there every time. He's got the stuff. We all know he's good. But ever since they uh, busted out the spider tech, um, he's kind of been struggling. So I'm not going to say outright drop him because of his name. But um, maybe try and shop him, get something for him, and just find somebody else. Because he might be hurting you for the short term, and it could lead to him losing those save chances. And maybe have the Yankees moving him around in relief, or even having a ghost IL still. Brandon, what do you think? Chapman, what are you doing? They they gave the save opportunity to Chad Green in the last game, didn't they? Yes, they did. I was yeah, going to bring so, him up. Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, I would definitely pick up Chad Green for the, for the yeah. short term. Um, and I wouldn't be opposed to, like, selling Chapman if you have him either. I don't – he might not get it back. But my guess is that the Yankees will try giving him the closer role back at some point, whether that's after the all-star break or I just, he's been so good over the last few years. I think they would definitely let him try to earn that role back, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not opposed to moving on from him. So I would definitely, I like how you put that though. We always do drops and it's kind of can't drop guys every week, but yeah, I would, I would move on from Chapman at this point. Yeah, no, I wouldn't drop him like like you both said, but it is tough to sell him right now. You know, I don't think right. it's as easy as just throwing him out in the market and someone's gonna go after him. I mean, we all we all see how how terrible he's been doing. You mentioned Spider Tack. He he could be one of the pitchers that have been using Spider Tack. Um, I do like the idea though, if you are a Chapman um, fantasy manager who who has him, uh, pick up Chad Green if he's available because he looks like he's the next guy in line. He is having a really good season. Um, so if you are a Chapman holder, uh, fantasy guy who has him, pick up Chad Green, put, throw him in your lineup, and kind of just wait and see with Chapman. I, I don't think he's done for the year by any means. He's their main guy. He's their uh, the top dog in the bullpen, if you would. Um, yeah, it, it's just tough, though. You know, you're banking on this guy to uh, be one of your top uh, relief pitchers, and right now it looks pretty bad. It also doesn't help that he's in a, a place like New York where – the pressure can really get on to you after, uh, you know, a few times you, you blow saves, you're going to start hearing some booze. He, who knows? He could become a mental case soon, which a lot of relievers do. Uh, wait and see on Chapman. We'll, we'll wait through the all-star game, but I, I don't mind the uh, kind of like watch list on your own team. Like watch, watch this guy, <laughs> you know, uh, try to move him if you can. Going to be tough to do, but that's what I got on Chapman. Uh, Brandon. Hold on. Would would either of you guys try buying? Well, I imagine Nick wouldn't, but Tyler, would you try buying low on Chapman? Personally, no. I'm just I've never been a big Chapman guy. I <laughs> I'm saying like try and move on from it. And it de- I mean it depends on my situation. If I've got like a couple of solid dudes, then I probably wouldn't care. Like I if someone came to me with Chapman, I'd probably not like any of what they're trying to get for him. And I don't know what I'd be willing to give up for him. So I guess it would depend on the situation, really. If I had nobody, yeah, maybe I would try and buy a little one. Yeah, I, I am right there with both of you guys. So, um, yeah, my drop for this week is uh, Michael. Well, I'm going to have a little. This is for shallower leagues. Definitely for shallower leagues. I understand if you're in deep league, you're not going to drop Michael Conforto. Um, he's 73% owned. And most fantasy leagues, um, he's got a 284 slugging percentage. 
Like that is miserable. That's that's, He's, that, that's a noodle bat. It, it is a noodle <laughs> bat, right? For a guy who's had like you know high twenties home run years, I think he's had a year over thirty. Um, lowest barrel rate of his career. He he isn't hitting the ball hard at all. And if you look at his baseball savant page versus fastballs this year, he's got a one forty eight batting average, a one ninety eight slugging percentage. And that's what he's seeing 60% of the time. Uh, maybe his bat slowed down a lot. I'm not really sure, but he's just been struggling this year. He um he had a decent 2020, but he just seems lost at the plate this year. The one thing he has done at a career high is walk. So mm-hmm. um, if you're in an OBP league, maybe he's helped you out. But outside of that, I don't really think he's he's viable right now. So I'd be looking to move on from him. Yeah, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he hurt? He's been hurt a lot this year. I mean, that's another re- thing that well, I that, honestly that, don't like that, about him. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, he did good last year. Was he healthy last year for the shortened season? Did he really yeah, like, his games played? Uh, he played fifty four games, so out of sixty, yeah. So yeah, probably some rest in between. Yeah, so, and maybe like, and yeah, so hey, he made it through a full asterisk season, you know. For the most part. Other than that, I feel like I'm always seeing this guy on the I.L. And maybe it's just when did he come back? Didn't he come back recently? Maybe like a week or two ago. Yeah, he just came back, uh, like you said, a few two weeks ago, maybe. Week or two. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's. I don't want to keep agreeing with you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is his name. That's kind of like uh, kind of like keeping me around. But it's just his name. I've never really had an attachment to Conforto in fantasy just because he is her all the time. So he's a guy I kind of typically stay away from, even though when he is healthy, he can always well, shown to mash. But it, it doesn't seem like it's happening this year. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of guys out there, I think, especially in a shallow league. There's got to be someone out there hanging around you could swap Conforto out for. Um. I'm actually going to push back a little bit. I'm not going to agree. I think Michael Conforto is a good buy low option right now if you can get him low. Because, yeah, I'm looking at him the past few seasons. Uh, actually, since 2018, he, he hasn't been injured that much. He played 153 games in 2018 and 151 games in 2019. Uh, last year, he batted 322. Uh, 2019, 33 home runs. 2018, 28 home runs. This guy's usually a top 100 player going into drafts. Um, maybe it is the injury. You know, some guys, uh, when they come back from injury, not seeing that live pitching, uh, they start off pretty slow. You know, maybe maybe over the next few weeks he, he breaks out of it and he becomes the player that uh, he's been for most of his career. So, Michael Conforto, I'm, I'm saying hold. Hold on Conforto. Give him a few more weeks. If, if he continues to struggle, uh, then we can uh, – possibly move on and look at other players you might want to add going into the uh, stretch of your fantasy season. Would, would you, uh, would you rather have uh, Trevor Larnack or Michael Conforto, Brandon? I do like Larnack's upside, but I'd probably stick with Conforto at this point. Okay. Larnack is like 8% owned in leagues and Conforto's like yeah. 70% owned. Yeah, I get that. I get If he that. was on the just... team and like if I had Conforto and Larnick was on a team and I could get like a good pitcher with him or something, maybe you I'd do, do something that? like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But 
Straight up, no, I couldn't do that just yet. Okay. Yeah, I was just pulling a name out of a hat. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw you mention him. So. Yeah. No, I, I, just, I do like the comparison, though, because Larnack will be getting playing time, I feel, from now until the end of the season because the Twins uh, will be sellers. And Larnack uh, is a high-end prospect coming in. Him and Kirilov, uh, those two guys I see manning the outfield uh, for the rest of the season. If Buxton ever gets back, that will probably be your third guy to add out there. Uh, your boy Max Kepler, I don't know what they're going to do with him. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But, um, no, Larnack's shown some pop. He, he's, he hits the ball hard. Like, I've seen him hit some moonshots this year. Yeah. So, yeah. he is definitely someone. He only – 5% owned in ESPN Fantasy League. So, yeah. Um, he might he might be a future ad. I mean, watch list this guy right now, but I I feel uh, he could could be getting big things out of Larnack in the future. All right, let's move along to our next segment, the positional deep dive. This is going to be the last time we do this segment on Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast. Then we're going to retire this segment because we went through every single position that you can have in fantasy baseball and baseball field. Uh, we're going to end it here with the relief pitcher. Nick, you're usually the top 10 guy. Do you have our list of top 10 relief pitchers ready to go at the moment? That I do. Uh, we'll go down. So I just want to say to all the listeners out there, uh, we cut out any uh, pitchers that are relief pitcher eligible that are actually starting games. We're kind of sticking strictly to uh, relief and closer. Not, you know, the James Caprellians or the uh, Freddie Peraltas of the Freddie Peraltas or the Luis Garcia. We're, we're sticking to the closers, typically because they would get the most points. I would imagine out of uh, any reliever, unless they're a multi-inning guy. Uh, so starting from number one, good old Josh Hader, just like we, I'm sure we all expected. Number two, Liam Hendricks. Number three, Keg, Keg. Craig Kimbrell. Number four. Brewers again. Brewers. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about beer. Beer's on my mind. Uh, number four, Matt Barnes. Number five, Alex Reyes. Number six, Rafael Iglesias. Number seven, Mark Melanson. Number eight, Ryan Presley. Number nine, Kenley Jansen. And number 10, Jake McGee. Jake McGee. Pretty. Uh... Overall, that top 10 are usually top guys that going into this season you would have predicted. There's not many surprises. Maybe Jake McGee at 10 is a little bit of a surprise. Um, But, yeah, overall pretty standard list there. I'm going to get started real quick with my biggest takeaway, guys, if that's okay. Uh, My biggest takeaway off that list I want to hit on real quick is Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I actually didn't even know this until yesterday. I looked over his stats a little bit. I did not realize how good of a season Craig Kimbrell was having. He's at a 0.57 ERA and 20 saves with the Cubs right now. National League All-Star. Uh, just, I don't know why that hit me. I just thought ever since he moved on from the Red Sox, he was kind of on the decline. But for some reason this year, he's having a, an All-Star season. And uh, something to keep an eye on with Kimbrell is he could be getting moved by the trade deadline. So keep an eye on him. He could be finding a new team because the Cubs – Oof, it's getting pretty brutal over there at Wrigley Field. I think they lost 11 or 12 straight. So they might be moving on from their uh, aging closer. Nick, what's your biggest takeaway from that top 10 list? Well, oh, quick note. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that some of these guys, or actually most of these guys, are all in the best teams in the MLB. Milwaukee with Josh Hader, Craig Kim, 
No, actually not the Cubs. Not him. Liam Hendricks <laughs> is on the White Sox, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Barnes, Red Sox. Alex Reyes, eh, Cardinals, but he's great. Uh, Angels with Rosiel Iglesias, but other than that, Mark Melanson, Ryan Presley, Kenley Jansen, and Jake McGee. Riding out the uh, Astros, Dodgers, and Giants. So, I guess I, I had a thing where um, they kind of go with the weaker teams, thinking they'd be in more close games, but I guess that's not the case. Anyway. Let me, let me real quick. Sorry. Let me yeah, go ahead. on that. Having a good closer, though, makes you a good ball club at times. Because I have Melanson, and he's getting a ton of saves. That means the Padres are winning games 2-1. to one. Three to two, mm-hmm. three to one, right? So bullpen and and, clo- and uh, closers, in my opinion, come come postseason. Those are the two most overlooked positions. If you go into the postseason with a strong bullpen and a guy who, who isn't afraid of the ninth inning, you're you're well on your way to a World Series. That's just my personal opinion. Go ahead, Nick. Didn't mean to cut you off. I love your take, dude. You can cut me off anytime. Anyway, anyway, um, biggest takeaway is Alex Reyes, man. Uh, he's probably the number one prospect a few years back and he didn't seem to, uh, he's always hurt early on. Uh, Denver really made it as a starter. Like I'm guessing they wanted him to be, but in the closing, in a closing role, this guy has been straight fire. He's a fireballer. His Savant page is all red. I mean, he's tied for third. I don't know. This was a few days ago. He's tied for third with 20 saves in the MLB. Uh, he's got a 150. He's had a few – he's had two rough starts. Uh, not starts. Two rough uh, outings uh, the past two games that he's past – two, past two appearances. But uh, other than that, he's just been one of the best closers in the game this year. Obviously, he's top five. Right now, I think he stays there. It's about, like I said, it's my page is all red. If you picked Alex Reyes or you took a chance on him, man, I don't know how he how would does anybody know how he did last year? So, is this his first year as a closer? I believe, right? So, he was he's a high prospect for them. Uh, starting pitcher, everyone thought he was going to be a starter, that's what he was in the minors. He's got electric stuff. It seems like they've throw him in the bullpen and took a chance with him. And, and you're right. He's having a phenomenal season. Um, a, a, another good thing I like about him is a lot of his saves, they're not just one inning saves because he has that starter experience. He'll go out there for one and two thirds or two innings and get you those mm-hmm. two inning saves at times, get you a rack up a ton of points real quick. Brandon, uh, what do you got on Alex Reyes? So yeah, last year he pitched in uh, 16 games. He only started one. So he pitched okay. out of the pen mostly, but he well, wasn't he there closer out of the though. Pen last year. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, he's like you said, he's been a top prospect. Always a ton of upside. He can strike guys out. Always had control issues, but that can sometimes work in the ninth inning. You know, a high strikeout guy. The walks sometimes don't come back to bite you. So, and I'm just always happy to see a guy like that succeed. Kind of, especially after to a, see him like go through so many injuries and not be able to make it. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of awesome that he's coming through in a different different role. I like when guys kind of like uh, give into it almost. Not give in, but they adapt. They just accept the new right. Yeah, yeah, they adapt. Found they the survive. Tim, Tim Wakefield becoming a knuckleballer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Brandon, what's your biggest takeaway from the reliever um, yeah. uh, top 10? I'm going to stick with the hometown team, go with the Boston Red Sox, Matt Barnes. Um, the dude has been electric this year. If you look at his numbers so far here, let me pull that back up. He's got a 268 ERA, 62 strikeouts, and 37 innings pitched. He just K's everybody. And the big uh, takeaway from this year for him so far is 10 walks on the season. If you look at last year, he had a really high uh, walk rate. It was at, he had 14% of the batters he faced last year. He walked in 2020. And this year, he cut that down to 7%. So he cut it in half. Um, and you can see that in his whip. He's got a, last year was a 1.4 whip. This year it's 0.86. So he's not letting anybody on base. He's striking out 45% of the guys he faces, which is a career high as well. Um, if the Red Sox keep rolling, I think Matt Barnes will keep rolling. So that's my takeaway there in the top 10. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm huge on Matt Barnes this year. I think he's having a fantastic season. I mentioned that last week on the podcast real briefly, but I'm a, I'm a big Barnes fan this year. Nick, do you, uh, who do you see outside of the top 10, Nick? maybe rising up this year, uh, finishing higher than where they're at? Uh, I'm going to go with my man, Kendall Graveman. Um, closer, well, yeah, he's, he's got the most saves. He's, he's got the most saves on uh, Seattle. Yeah. But, uh, and that was with him being out for a few weeks with the uh, COVID, being on the COVID list. But if that hadn't happened, I, I think he'd be right up there with some of the um, – guys we just mentioned and dude he, i've watched a few of his uh appearances he, he looks electric as well he's no uh he's no slouch and other than what other than him coming back off the uh, like off his uh time off he had a f- no i wouldn't even say they were rough outings but he gave up like his only runs on the on the year and uh he's um He's got eight saves, 24 Ks. He's got a 103 ERA and a .65 whip. So, and that's through uh, 26 innings. He, over his last five and two-thirds innings, he's allowed just two hits. So he kind of got back in the groove, and he's dealing again. I think uh, I think he's I think he's a pretty he's a low key option right now and if he's sitting out there i think somebody can pick him up and be cool with the results the only thing is they do kind of move him around so he's not going to get every save opportunity sometimes it's high leverage situations but that could still lead to great uh sometimes lead to great points especially especially if he has multi-inning appearances yeah it'll be interesting to see what the mariners do with the trade deadline they're kind of uh teetering that line right now if they want to maybe try to push for a a wild card spot or with all the prospects they have, if they want to end up becoming sellers, we'll see what they do. Brandon, what's your biggest takeaway? I'm sorry, not the biggest takeaway. Who's your biggest riser out of the uh, guys outside of the top 10 who you feel are going to finish the season uh, higher than where they're at? Yeah. So my biggest riser is it's actually going to be a guy that's not, he's not going to get you any saves really. He um, doesn't close for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's Colin McHugh. He, um, He's kind of taken on their multi-inning kind of middle guy, the relief guy. He, he just opened for them a few nights ago. I, actually, yesterday, I think he opened for them in the uh, doubleheader. Um, pitched 
two innings there. Yeah, I think he has a three inning appearance on his uh, game log. Yeah, he's career highs in every category. K percentage, 39%, walk percent, 5%. Um, he's having a career year. He's had some good years in Houston going back to 18 and 19. He took 2020 off, and maybe the rest is uh, got him performing at a new level here. But yeah, call him a Q. I'd pick him up if he's out there. He's definitely available in a lot of leagues. So I. I got a yeah. I uh, I actually always had a. I don't know what it was. I always had a thing for Colin McHugh, but he would always get hurt because he, he would, and he would never actually had like the closer role in Houston. So he yeah. was always like this kind of fringe guy, whether you want to own him or not, because he wasn't really getting you saves or anything. Yeah, but he, so. when he when he performed, he had. I mean, he had his ups and downs, but his ups were like, man, is he good? Like, I think he is. I mean, he's doing it for Tampa Bay right now. I had my eye on him for a little bit, like a, a couple of weeks. I kept noticing that he was having multi-inning appearances and, you know, in a points league, knocking down like 10, 12 points, scoreless appearances. Knock it, it, has he even given up a run since that time? Since not, been, no, not recently he hasn't, no. So um, I don't have his game logs in front of me, but no, it's been a while. That's that's key, especially with, you know, multi-inning appearances like every three to five days going two to three innings, you know? I don't know. I I, I would love to have picked him up instead of thought about it too much. <laughs> you know? I agree, man. I, I think he's a pretty decent riser. Uh, my biggest riser outside the top ten is Edwin Diaz from the New York Mets. Uh, I see the Mets as buyers um, over the uh, next few weeks. The trade deadline is July 30th. I see them possibly making some moves. Uh, they're also becoming a, a healthier team over the last few weeks. They have guys like we mentioned, Conforto, Brandon Nimmo, uh, Jeff McNeil. Seems like they're almost back to full health over there, so their lineup's getting better. Um, so Edwin Diaz should be seeing uh, some save opportunities from now until the end of the year and just on pure stuff. Uh, this guy is electric. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if like major league baseball hitters gave you a list of uh, top five pitchers. They don't want to face and Edwin Diaz cracks that top five list because he's very, very hard to hit. He's uh look at a savant page. My goodness. He's 91st percent K uh, percentage uh, fastball velocities in the hundredth percentile guys, hard hit percentage 98th. Like he's just hard to hit guy gets strikeouts all the time. Uh, if those save opportunities come at city fields or whenever the Mets play, I think Edwin Diaz is going to be potentially rising into the top 10 by the end of the fantasy year. Uh, with that said, guys, let's talk about some prospects. Uh, one of my favorite segments here. We're looking towards the future of fantasy. If you're in a dynasty league, this is definitely the segment for you. Brandon, let's get us started. Let's give our listeners a prospect to keep their eye on. Yeah, so I'll be pretty quick with mine here. Um, it's Josiah Gray. He's starting pitcher for the Dodgers. He's in the AAA, uh, playing in AAA. There's, you know, there's been injuries. Clayton Kershaw's on the IL. Bauer's out. No idea when he'll be back, if he will be back. Um, so there's, there's, they need some starting pitching help. They're talking about uh, stretching David Price out. So the only issue here with Josiah Gray is he just started pitching this year. He was hurt. 
So he's only got seven innings under his belt. He's looked good so far. He's got a two five ERA. He's carried low ERAs throughout the minor leagues up to this point. The uh, Dodgers said on July 5th that once he's stretched out to five innings, they'll consider him to be called up. Not he's necessarily going to get the call, but he'll be on their short list of guys to fill in when they uh, need somebody. So, yeah, Josiah Gray, like I said, he's always had a good track record through the minors. Decent K rates. Doesn't walk a ton of guys. Um, I'd keep him on my watch list. He could get the call this year at some point. Yeah, I, I like that call. The Dodgers, beginning of the season, man, had like eight starting pitchers, and they're dropping like flies over there yep. in L.A. So uh, I can definitely see him getting the call up uh, this year for sure. Nick, prospect, who we got? I got my man Grayson Rodriguez, uh, pitching prospect for the Baltimore Orioles. I, You know what? I think I've – come up with a few Baltimore Orioles prospects over the past, like since we started the show. So I must really uh, have a low key love interest in the Baltimore Orioles. You're high on the uh, 2024 Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I think I do think they, I think they have a lot of talent just waiting and ready to I, break I hope out. They do, man. They haven't yeah. won in like 10 years. Hopefully they're stacked. I would actually, I, I haven't been able to do this. I would love to go to Camden Yards. Oh, me too. I've heard, I've heard it's such a nice uh, ballpark to be in. Yeah, and, you know, during the summertime, it's like homers galore. You know what I mean? Well, so. We're going to do it. The Grand Slam Fantasy Sports uh, might- host here. We're all taking a trip to Camden Yards by 2024. That's it. We need, Put to, it on the board. We need to take our, our Worcester trip first. Oh, yeah, we got to go to the Woosocks. Oh, yeah, we got to go to Woosocks and that. catch Duran before he gets called up. We will go that. to Polar Park before we go to Camden Yards. Yep. Yes. Uh, anyway, Grayson Rodriguez. Um he just got – well, actually, no. He's had five starts in double-A, but he got promoted this year from high-A. He dominated, he dominated high-A across five starts and then hasn't missed a beat um, when he got moved up to double-A. He's overmatching everybody. He, They look like they don't even belong in this class. He looks like he's going to be just – he's a star in the making. Uh, he's got a 182 ERA, uh, 083 whip, 36 to 7 K to walk ratio. Uh, he's only surrendered nine runs and 10 outings across high A and double A. And he's got a 76 to 12 K to walk ratio and 48 total innings this year. Small sample size for the minors. He's not going to be up this year. They're saying maybe next year. I would imagine it's probably going to happen, but if you're in a dynasty or keeper league and later on at the end of the year, you might be out of it. Maybe it's someone you kind of pick up, hang on to for, uh, you know, the future. Keep an eye on them because I – out of everybody we've talked about, this guy might be my favorite prospect, pitching prospect, anyway, over the last few episodes. All right. Uh, since you guys both went with pitching prospects, I might as well uh, keep it rolling. I got a pitching prospect from the Toronto Blue Jays organization, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He's in double-A ball right now, and the uh, the Blue Jays are very high on him. They uh, acquired him in the Marcus Stroman trade. He came from the Mets. 
And uh, there was a lot of chatter saying that Samuel Woods Richardson would be pitching for the Blue Jays by the end of this year because their starting pitching staff isn't isn't the best. So they're looking for, uh, you know, Alec Manoa has just recently joined the team. And uh, they're starting to look towards the future in that rotation because they have guys like Mats in there right now. And they're, they're looking to uh, get younger. And um, if there's only one reason I don't see Woods Richardson maybe cracking the uh, big leagues this year, and that's because he just joined uh, Team USA in the Olympics. So he will be pitching for Team USA in Tokyo he did crack the rotation from what I'm seeing. I think he's the number three or four starter right, right in front of uh, your old your old friend Scott Kazmir might round out that rotation, nice. believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, um, he's a strikeout pitcher, I think, right now in the minors. He's at, got a 12.9 uh, K per nine going on. Um, and just overall, uh, 3.89 since he started pitching in the minor leagues. Um just look for him in the future. If, if not by the end of this year, uh, definitely he might crack the rotation next year, believe it or not, because uh, Blue Jays are very high on him. And like I said, he's only 20. He'll be 21 in September. So very young pitcher. Blue Jays, you know, very young lineup over there. Very, very good lineup. If some of these young pitchers could, uh, you know, figure it out, like Manoa right now is looking good. If if this kid Woods Richardson can figure it out, and they get Pearson, and, and those three guys are uh, in the front of that rotation, look out for the Blue Jays because they're right now. That's what they need. They just need some pitching. I think Pearson got hurt again. He he does get hurt a lot. That guy he almost like throws. He might be... he, he's one of those guys that just throw too hard. Like he throws like a hundred miles an hour and always hurts yeah. his arm because of it. But you know. Best to him because he's been a high prospect in the league now for a few years. People have been banking on him for for a long, long time. Let's get into our final segment today, guys, shall we? Mm-hmm. Mr. Money in the Bank. How you guys been doing this week? You cash in any paychecks? I'm just going to get started with mine really, really quick because I'm just disgusted with my calls the last few weeks. Um, whew, I went with uh, Tariq Skubal. This is what I get for going with Detroit Tiger players back-to-back weeks. So I went with Jonathan Scope, and then I went with Tariq Skubal, and now I'm realizing, what am I doing? Get out of that part of the country. Get away from the Detroit Tigers. So that's what I'm going to do from now on. But Tariq Skubal, I said, would get eight strikeouts against the White Sox. He got six. So he came close. I appreciate the effort, Mr. Skubal, but I'm still broke because I didn't cash in my check. Nick. <laughs> Talk to talk to the people. How are you doing? All right. So the last time we spoke, I think uh, we had two unresolved Mister Money in the Bank predictions. One of those, I cashed my check, baby. Mm-hmm. I cashed it. How many it is that? You, Nick? Is that the one. first one? Yeah, that was my first one. Roll that was my first one. Of course, it was accompanied by another loss. Another bounced check. And now this week, another bounced check because Albies did not hit two home runs mm-hmm. on top of the two steals. So which one did you games. cash? So I cashed Blake Snell oh, he's not having cash. two quality starts. Of oh, course, you know I, had what? To, I had to wait for that second start to happen. Who did he pitch against? Uh, Dodgers and then the Diamondbacks. 
Oh, no, he never started against the Diamondbacks. I thought it was the Reds, but then he he got hurt. He only went. I know he only went four innings. I remember the game. I just don't remember who it was against. The first game he went against the Dodgers and didn't yeah. make it to six innings. Yeah, so the last game he pitched against the Phillies, he went four innings, he gave up four foreign runs. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. No, I'm sorry. He went four innings, but he gave up he gave up no earned runs, but he had four walks and three Ks. They must have had him on a short leash. Yeah. Maybe his injury or something. There but anyway, saying, one one of the things I forgot to mention in the news is that Blake Snell might not yeah. start Friday. Yeah, he might not even start again. Oh, and it has to do surprise. with the same illness that he had. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll count it. You cashed in. Yeah, I said I said he would not have two quality starts. He did not have two quality starts. <laughs> oh, he didn't have he the didn't have any quality to the starts. Reds or the Phillies, but we'll count it. Hey, no, it was the Dodgers. We can get over here. <laughs> didn't he play? Didn't he start against the Dodgers? Yeah, the he first didn't time? get it against the yeah. Then we were saying it was going to be the Diamondbacks over the weekend. Never went to the Diamondbacks. It wasn't the Diamondbacks. He was supposed to pitch Tuesday against the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> that didn't happen, and then he ended up pitching against the Phillies. But we'll this count this one's been like three weeks, and yeah, we've been tracking this. Yeah, well, we've now, just, been wait, just hey, been waiting for Blake Snell to get some kind of hey, start. Man. Hey, guess what? Sometimes when you go to the bank, it gets delayed. Yeah, <laughs> it's pending. All right. Nick's, Nick went on a Saturday morning when the line's out the door. <laughs> Just waiting. Brandon, talk to yeah. the people. First of all, Tyler, I thought it was funny you were talking about the Detroit Tigers. Um, number one, Scooble had a pretty good start today. Yeah. Probably but, got um, the case today, didn't he? Yeah, but having, I, I picked Casey Mize last week as my riser for starting pitchers. Yeah, and one of my main reasons was because of how long he was going in games—seven innings, six innings. He was pitching over a hundred pitches. His last start, he went fifty pitches in. Oh, yeah, I said it's time to cut down. And yeah, big time. They said that they're, they're trying time. not to uh, have him pitch too many innings, and yep. they're just starting to. After I just I said know. he's my guy that's going to rise up in the in the starting <laughs> yeah. pitcher ranks. Hey, I, yep. that's what I heard. You know. He looks yeah. good though, Casey Mize. For all things considered, I like Mize. Yeah. Next year, going into the season, if they don't have an innings uh, limit on him, grab him in the draft because he looks good. Right. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, my my pick last week for Money in the Bank was Edwin Diaz. The final prediction was two saves with six strikeouts over the uh, two over the two saves. I figured he's going to throw three games. He did pitch in three games. Only ended up with one save and four strikeouts. So Oof. missed again. I have Ouch. one one cash check so far this year, and we're getting way too bounced. We're getting really specific with some of these. That's, <laughs> the, problem. That's the problem. All, all due respect, Brandon, when you started going to the closer, I said this is tough because no. we don't even know like save opportunities. I can I can almost promise you I'll never pick a relief pitcher again <laughs> for the money in the bank player. I don't blame. <laughs> you but right. uh, this this week I get a 50-50 chance. So absolutely, yeah. uh, let's get into it. Actually, so we got the All Star break coming up. Uh, I think we we all felt going into uh, this week it'd be fun if if we have some All Star uh, money in the bank predictions, either the home run derby or the game. You know, it's going to be a weird week. Uh, we have the weekend games, and then we kind of don't have anything before we uh, have another podcast. I think games will just be starting back up the next time we pod we have our next podcast. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. Money in the bank for this week. So I just I was looking over the the two rosters, and if you look over the last few years, the American League has kind of dominated the All Star game. And um, I I'm looking at the rosters, I don't think it's going to be really any different this year. So my money in the bank, my check, 
the American League will win the All-Star game this year. And you can take that to the bank. That's my prediction. Mm. Right. I, I believe it or not, I like the National League this year too, though. The <laughs> pitching do. in the National League has been loaded. It is. So, the pitching is look, good, yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just looked at their starting lineup you sent me. They, they look pretty good. Yep. But mm-hmm. American League, as always, is, is usually loaded as well. And I'm going to throw a, a bold, a bold prediction in there. Oh, AL, oh, the MVP is going to come from the AL, Raphael Devers. Devers. Is that, is that part of your money in the bank prediction? No, 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 no. Okay. So I like that. It's a little I, want, I want to cash so. this check. You, it, let's put it this way. American League wins. That's your money in the bank. But if Raphael Devers is the MVP, we'll, we will cash two checks for you. Oh, all right. That sounds free good to check. me. It's a free check. Yeah. If he doesn't win, nothing happens. But we'll, we'll add in that stimulus check. Absolutely. We'll, get, <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw in a stimulus <laughs> check. Uh, my money in the bank prediction, I'm going Monday night. I'm looking at the home run derby. Um, all eight guys are very talented. You know, you got guys, um, home run leader right now. Otani's in it. You got, uh, not last year, 2019's winner, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear. He's back in it. You got guys like Travis Story, who's going to hit in his home ballpark. Joey Gallo, Salvador Perez. You got some big dogs. But my prediction is first baseman from the Oakland Athletics, Matt Olson. We'll make it to the finals of the Home Run Derby. I'm not going to say he's going to win it, but I'm saying Matt Olson's going to make it to the finals. I think he's got Trey Mancini in the first round, and if he uh, if he wins that, he would face either Trevor Story or I can't think of top of my head who Trevor Story's facing. I wish I had it right in front of me, but I know he's going to get by, by at least Trey Mancini and possibly Trevor Story if he wins his matchup to uh, make it to the finals. So. Matt Olson to the finals. That's and you can take that to the bank. All right. All right. Go ahead. So Nick. um listen, I'm what what am I? This is our ninth prediction. Eighth. Eighth. This is yeah. our eighth prediction. Eighth so I'm episode. One, I'm one for eight. I'm batting sub one fifty, probably. Uh but I'm not gonna adjust. If you're one, I'm for, adjust, yeah, I'm not going to adjust my technique. I'm not writing one check. I'm writing three. I'm writing three checks, three separate checks. I'm going to go with Trevor Story in his home ballpark course, making it to the finals of this home run derby this year. Number two, Nolan Arenado. How how long do guys actually? I'm still gonna go with this. How long do guys actually like stay in the All Star? It all it all depends. Oh man, couple, couple starters. Yeah, give uh, two, th- probably three innings tops. Okay, he might uh, have two at bats, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna say it's MVP. That's tough for just two. Uh, but I am gonna say he hits a two run homer. If he hits a two-run homer, he's going to have a good shot. Yeah. The National League won, and he had a two-run home run, he might win it. Do you need all these things to happen to cash in? <laughs> no, he's no, writing, no. He's writing three checks. I'm writing three oh, separate what? checks. No, you <laughs> can't do that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like predictions. It's only one prediction, guys. I'm writing three separate checks. No, what are you talking about? No, I can one. go over. I can You're go picking for three. one. I can go for over three. All right, fine. You know what? So, Trevor Story makes it to the finals. Arenado hits a home run. 
So it's a call. This is all gonna, no, it's going to be one chick. It's going to be one chick. And the NL wins. All right. Dude, you're doing like a parlay right now. <laughs> so I should get I should get three wins. Your parlay is like, and your parlay is so specific. If I if I if I you could this, drop ten dollars and you win like ten grand in your parlay. Exactly. The National League team. I should go. I should need, go. Uh, Travis Story to win the home run derby and Nolan Arenado to hit a home run in the All Star game. Dude, your parlay right now is like the chances of all that happening. If that all happens, I'm retiring the segment in your name. We're going to call it the Nick Frazier uh, Memorial segment from now triple, on. Triple crown memorial triple segment. Triple crown, yeah. Dude. And it's funny because Arenado just had a three-game series there and uh, didn't hit a single home run. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, makeup time. It's happening this time in the All-Star game. They're having fun out there. Hey, that's it. One check, triple crown, baby. Nick comes with those bold predictions, so for the, the – I'm going to hit one of them. Oldest of all bold <laughs> predictions. Right I'm going to hit one of them. Now, I like my chances right now. I got 50-50 odds. You you sure you don't want to cut that down, Nick? All, all of that's going to happen. <laughs> don't you talk me off the ledge, you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sticking okay. with it. We'll, uh, we'll see. How, all right, how about this? I'm, I'm going to change it up. It won't be a home run for Arenado. It'll be at least one RBI. How about that? Okay. So you got story win. Those all this is going to happen. Story is going to win the home run derby. Arenado will have an RBI and the National League wins. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. We shall see. One so of us. Tone, uh, tone it down a notch. One of us. Is going to be wrong because I have Olsen in the in the finals. Yeah. So you know, either Story makes it to the finals or Olsen makes it to the finals. Also, I figured out uh, Story's first round matchup is Joey Gallo. So that's fine. Joey right Gallo can swing. Joey Gallo can swing and miss at a twenty mile per hour pitch. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we also didn't even mention Juan Soto's in it. It's a star. I, li- I like Juan Soto. I think I think Otani is just gonna. I don't everybody, think Otani wins. I think he's I think he's on some magical potion type shit. I don't know. I don't think Otani wins, but we will. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a fun episode next next week because we're gonna we'll get you all the results. But uh, until then, guys, it was uh, as always a nice little fun fun night talking some baseball. You guys got any last words for our listeners before we sign off? Uh, I'm going to go pop open another beer and watch some Max Scherzer throw against the Padres. I might Sounds check good. in on this Scooble game. I'm going to, I'm probably going to switch before uh switch back and forth for a few games, but probably in the hay early, get ready for that weekend, baby. Yep. I'm loving it. All righty. Until next time to all you listeners. Thank you for tuning in to grand slam. Fantasy Sports Podcast.